everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Street Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and I'm excited to be here with you today. We're going to do things a little bit different. Um, you know, normally we go into Bible stories and this, that, and the other to, you know, try to relate to our lives. And uh, we, as always, I try to keep things scripture-based, so we will go in and out. But uh, today we're going to do things a little bit different. <clears throat> so, you know, I was thinking back, uh, you know, the we live in a, in a crazy world right now. And I was thinking back to, you guys remember in the 1990s, those, uh, WWJD bracelets, uh, that had a fad for a while. Um, you know, sometimes you'd even see the t-shirts, but, uh, in my mind, I still have this image of, um, soccer moms who are, uh, upset at the world, trying not to turn into a Karen. And, uh, they look down at their WWJD bracelet and, uh, you know, peace and serenity, surrounds them and they uh, survive throughout their day or, you know, young college kids, you know, um, wearing their WWJD bracelets so they don't get tempted uh, to live the crazy party college life. Uh, It's something that uh, really thinking about that image brought me through this process. So we're just going to, we're going to roll through it here. Um, To me, those bracelets, they, they bring this idea of passivity that Jesus was just passive and peaceful and uh, the truth is that Jesus was anything but passive Um, that being said he wasn't combative necessarily but passive is not not the word I would use a classic example that we use from scripture to talk about this is when uh, Jesus threw everybody out of the temple. Uh, Matthew 21, uh, 12 and 13 says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scripture declares my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves, right? That's, that's not the passivity that we think of when we think of those uh, WWJD bracelets or anywhere close to it. You know, the truth is that uh, Jesus came to this earth. You know, his whole purpose on this earth was essentially he was at war with the Pharisees and Sadducees, the political and religious religious order of his day because they had taken over religion and made it about man instead of a relationship with God. And you can see we could go through scripture time and time again about how that actually plays out. Um, But I think most of us know from reading the scriptures that that's exactly what he was doing. Um, The reason I bring that up is that we live in a world today that is literally at war with itself. You know, but not in the traditional sense of war is we see it between country and country and this, that, and the other. We live in a, in a world that's at war with division amongst ourselves. I believe that, you know, division between God's people because we are all God's people. And uh, there are definitely evil forces at play in that. And before we get into too much of politics and this, that, or the other, I'd like to say that there is not, if you think that one side, left or right, is the evil that I'm referring to in this, then you're missing the whole point whole point is there there is evil throughout 
on both sides. If not, we wouldn't be in the situations we live in today as a, as politically or culturally or anything else. So if that's where you're going with in your mind with this, get it out of your head. There's evil on both sides. I'm not picking a side left or right here. I am myself and political like anybody else. I have uh, leanings that go one way or the other defeats the purpose of what I'm talking about here. So, you know, we, we live in a, in a world that is at war with itself. That, you know, examples, uh, COVID vaccines, culture, sexuality, gender, literally topics that come up that are, that do nothing but split families and, and people and how they live their life and, and what they think is right and wrong and how we feel about others. We live in a world where, you know, cancel, cancel culture runs rampant throughout everything that we do. And the only thing I can think about when I, I think about cancel culture is it's nothing more than a mob mentality. And that's great as long as you're part of the mob. But what happens when the, the mob turns and tries to turn its ugly face on you, right? Then it's not so cool anymore, right? What better example do we have of that than in the Bible when we talk about the stoning of the adulterous woman where the Pharisees trying to set up Jesus, trying to mess him up and uh, put him in a spot where his teachings are contradictory to what's going on and uh, tells him that this woman broke the law, she's an adulterer, our law says that she's to be stoned. And what happens, Jesus says, you know, you know, draws in the dirt and says, you know, he who has not sinned, throw the first stone. And slowly people all start walking away. Why? Because they know that they've sinned themselves and that's, you know, they are not in a position to do it. Right. Um, matter of fact, the only person that has had lived a sinless life, the only person who has ever done it is Jesus. He was the one person qualified to throw the stone. And even he chose not to. And to forgive that woman for her sins. It's a powerful example of exactly why mob culture, cancel culture does not work in society. Because every single person that we've seen get canceled, and I could go through a list of celebrities and politicians and everyone in between, um, every single one of them, sure, they're guilty of every single thing that they're accused of normally. But so are we. There's not a single one of us if put under the microscope of living that we would not fall under these exact same things, me included. So I ask you, why do you pick up your stone? Why do you feel the right to do that? The truth is you, you have no right. And uh, I pray that the mob never turns its head on you until we figure out that cancel culture is not the right way to go about it. So, you know, I've, I've given up here of what what's going on and what um going on in this world and the problems that we face and i and i say so if if what we're doing is wrong then as christians how do how do we fight how do we fight and the first thing i came up is through example right we're supposed to be trying our best to live a godly life right through god's word oftentimes the battles that we face in this world they don't come from battles that are outside of us. Most of the time, the battle's within us. If we win these battles within us through 
using God's word as an example and living our lives the right way. And the, the, when those battles are won, the outward battles become easier, much, much easier. Another way that we can do this is through compassion, love, standing firm in the word of God. You know, compassion is the cornerstone for which how we reach people and how we touch people and how we, um, how we express ourselves in other people's lives and how they come to become part of ours. It's the, it's the cornerstone. Love and standing firm in the word of God. You know, we oftentimes look at love as this um, mindset of just, you know, loving on someone, hugging them, accepting them for everything. Well, love is not always that, you know, sometimes love is standing firm with someone when they're making bad choices. If you only, you only loved and praised your kids every time that they did something wrong, they, they would not grow up to be good people. You would not actually be loving them. You would be setting them up for a life of failure and pain because you did not love them correctly. So we, we got to stop looking at the word love. Like it's all positive. I'm not saying it's necessarily negative, but you know, if you love someone, you have to be willing to correct them and stand, stand firm with them and show them love through discipline. These are all, these are all ways that, that we could stand firm in this. So, um, there's certain things in the Bible that tells us about, about life because the, the road I'm asking you to go down is not a, not an easy road to stand up against this, this wave of cancel culture and, you know, ideology that's being thrown at you and forced at you and shoved down your throat. These are not easy things, right? But, you know, Jesus tells us the way, the way is not easy, right? It says here in Luke 9, 23 through 25, um, then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose yourself in the process? So Jesus is telling us right then and there that the, the road will not be easy. We have to sometimes give up on our lives to, to take on one for him and to follow him. But in the process, we are saving ourselves because if we focus on ourselves, we lose sight of the whole matter. And, and we lose ourselves despite no matter what we gain in this worldly life. So James tells us, James tells us, so you see faith by itself uh, isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. So um, tells us is you know our faith in God is fantastic, but without without deeds, there's nothing to show for it. There's no way we're moving in the world towards where we need to be. My last bit of scripture I have here is is Matthew ten sixteen through twenty two, where we really it's going to have have to get me to where we need to go here, right? So it says here when uh, Jesus is talking about sending out his disciples, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So you be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves, but beware 
for you will be handed over to the courts and you will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. and Children will rebel against their parents and to cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. So I ask you again, in light of what we talked about uh, in today's world, what would Jesus do? Would he be passive and weak as the world rages among us? Or would he stand strong in the word as the line of Judah? So we spoke earlier about Luke 9.23 telling us as believers we must pick up our cross and follow Jesus. The Bible also tells us that as believers we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. You know, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That being said, there's a the same love and compassion and fight that Jesus had for the war with the Pharisees and Sadducees, the war against religion, where we put our faith in man and rules instead of our faith in God. Um, that same fight that he had in him, that Holy Spirit is inside of us. And it's up to us to make sure that we use it in a way that we can we can do what God calls us to do on this earth, right? We we have a debate um, in in Christian circles now about you know there's a lot of people that think we are coming up on the end days and you know that we are in the end days now and so on and so forth. And I, I will tell you this as believers, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and the Book of Revelation clearly tells us there's an end time and how it will play out. But that being said. Technically, since the time Jesus has come on earth and died and was resurrected for us, we started sometime on the timeline between then and the end times. So there is no debate. We are somewhere in that process. Where we are, I have no idea. We have no idea. But it's not, it's not for us to know. It's for us to live our lives and, and live in that godly fashion so that we can be prepared to be a part of it as it plays out. Um, So I'll leave you with this. Knowing that the line of Judah lives in us, do you still choose to be sheeps in this crazy world? What would Jesus really do? Let's go ahead and end this bad boy in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you've done for us, Lord, and what you've given us and what, because of your sacrifice, now lives inside of us. Lord, I want to thank you for all the all the people on this earth that are doing good things and fighting the war against religion and bringing peace of mind to people that come into relationship with you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to give us strength as we fight a world full of evil and division and cancel culture and to stand firm in our faith that you, Lord, you are the one that decides what's best for us not this world. Lord, I pray you give us strength to stand strong in that. Lord, I pray you give us endurance to fight the fight that's going to be a long fight. And I 
pray, Lord, that we as believers can love people, be compassionate, and use all our examples that you've given us throughout this time to help be a part of that solution. We pray these words in your almighty and all-powerful name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.